Welcome to Jags Drive Time with Ashlyn Sullivan, John Osher, and Brian Sexton. Jags Drive Time starts right now. Welcome in Jaguars Drive Time on a Wednesday morning. Happy Thanksgiving, early Thanksgiving to all of you here on a Wednesday. We're here with Jaguars Drive Time and we're starting the show getting ready for a home game against the Atlanta Falcons this Saturday. And we have DJ Shockley here joining us early in the morning, former Falcons quarterback and current sports anchor for Fox 5 in Atlanta. Thank you for waking up with us. My pleasure. I appreciate y'all having me. Absolutely. All right. So tell us what's going on with these Falcons there. Four and six, losing their last two. What's going on up there? It's been a kind of mixed bag. It's been, you know, a couple of weeks. You think you got things going in the right direction. And then obviously the last two weeks, it hasn't been what Falcons fans, what the Falcons organization expected to be. Uh, laying a big egg going down to Dallas and losing big time there. And then last week uh, losing as well. So it's been a mixed bag of uh, trying to figure out which guys can do what in his new schemes. And Arthur Smith, the head coach, is trying to figure out which guy can be what. But it's been tough because you've had some injuries. You've had some of your key players out, and uh, that always makes it tough. You know, DJ, we um, we are used to Arthur Smith in this division from his days in Tennessee, and everything ran through the running game. And it would seem without Julio Jones there this year and without Calvin Ridley on the field right now that he would be able to lean on his running game. Can the Falcons do that, or are they are, are they still having to work the ball through uh, the quarterback's hands? I'll be honest. It's been tough to get the run game going. Um, you, you think about some of the success that they have had, and it hasn't been in the run game. It's through play action, which is hard to say because usually play action is predicated off having a good run game. The Falcons have struggled mightily in the run game. Really, the only guy who's had any semblance of a run game has been Cordell Patterson, and he's been – the Swiss Army knife for the Falcons. Uh, he's done a little bit of everything for them. Um, and he's been the guy that you, you expect. He was out last week in the New England game. Uh, they're hoping he comes back this week, but it's still up in the air. He it was a game-time decision last week, and they decided not to play him on Thursday night. So I uh, expect to see him back, hopefully on Sunday. But you brought in Mike Davis to be a guy you thought could be a bruiser. He was really good at Carolina. Uh, caught 50 balls out of the backfield. Was really tough runner, but just hasn't been the guy uh, for the Falcons this season. And I think it's a not just on the back. It has to do with the offensive line as well. The offensive line has struggled to move people. Uh, there's been times where they looked okay, but for the majority of the season, it's been uh, the inability to be able to move guys up front and then get the run game going. And it's been a lot on uh, a 14-year veteran quarterback, Matt Ryan, who's been hit a lot this season. Is that really the issue with him, DJ? I, maybe I'm just being nostalgic, but I remember an MVP candidate. You know, I'm, I'm talking about a guy who could line up and, and destroy a defense if it wasn't playing at its <laughs> highest level. And that guy seems long ago. Is he, I don't want to say past his prime, but are, are, is he? <laughs> well, I'll say this. It's, it's, been a, it's been tough because he hasn't had a run game for one. And on the other side of it, he's missed a bunch of pieces. You, you talked about it when we came on here. He didn't have his number one guy, Calvin Ridley. For the last, you know, 10 years, he's had a guy at number 11, uh, who you guys know about in Julio Jones, who's been really good for him. And now he's gone, and everybody expected Calvin really to jump into that spot. And he's, you know, obviously had to, you know, sit out the last four weeks uh, because of some things going on with his mental health. So it's one of these situations where he hasn't had all the pieces there. The offense hasn't been, you know, up to par as far as the offensive line. They haven't done a good job of protecting Matt at times. And then you got a rookie. 
uh, that you're depending on a lot in this season in Kyle Pitts. Um, last week, they lost one of their other tight ends in Hayden Hurst, who was out with an ankle injury. So it's been not having a full complement of guys around him to help him uh, throughout this season. Kyle Pitts has been a big part of what they do, but teams are starting to say, okay, no Calvin Ridley, no Hayden Hurst. Let's double Kyle Pitts. Now where you want to go with the football, you don't have a run game. That makes it tough on any quarterback, let alone a guy, you know, who's been around for 14 years. DJ, my understanding is there are people who think this defense is starting to find itself a little bit. Uh, are you seeing that as well, and what pieces are starting to work? Yeah, I, I think they are. Even though, you know, you go back and you look at the Dallas game, and it was, you know, 43-3 or whatever, the Falcons really just had one bad quarter in the second quarter where, you know, they gave up 20-plus points. And then you have some uh, interceptions, you have some things go against you. But last week versus New England, it really was 13 nothing for a long time. And it got away from the Falcons late in the ball game with some late interceptions. But this defense is starting to come around, I think. You know, last week versus the Patriots, they got three sacks. They got an interception. And that's one of the things that the Falcons fans and his organization has been clamoring for for years is, can we get any pressure on the quarterback? And last week, we were able to get three sacks on Mac Jones. And that was a tremendous thing uh, going forward. But Dean Pease has done a really good job of uh, trying to, I want to say, change what they see pre-snap as opposed to what they see post-snap and disguising a lot of stuff, bringing pressure from a lot of different ways, and just trying to make it look different on an offense. And I think they're starting to get there. Uh, obviously, the leaders up front and Grady Jarrett uh, has played stout all year. You got Foyer Lulcon and Deion Jones at the linebacker spots who are, you know, leading the team in tackles. They never come off the field. And then A.J. Terrell is probably having a Pro Bowl year uh, at the corner spot. So they got some good pieces on the back end. But now Dean Pease is trying to figure out which guy can do what the best and then try to give him a chance to win. Two teams that really just need a win on Sunday, the Falcons and the Jaguars. DJ, thank you so much for joining us on Jaguars Drive Time. We appreciate it. My pleasure. Appreciate you guys having me. Absolutely. When we come back on the Jaguars Digital Network, some big things coming up. Jags Drive Time is brought to you by TIAA Bank. Turn potential into progress. And by Publix, where shopping is a pleasure. Over 30 communities to choose from with the best selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, personalization. That's the DreamFinders Homes difference. Visit DreamFindersHomes.com. We're back, Jaguars Drive Time, Wednesday morning, brought to you by Jet Home Loans. Thank you to DJ Shockley for joining us. That was great to get some perspective on the Atlanta Falcons, a team that was on its high horse a little bit, lost the last two, and now really needs a win. They were 4-4. Four and four. I'm not sure how high the horse was, but they were feeling good, and I think they still feel good. I mean, they look at the next two games as a way to get back yeah. to 6-6 six and six, uh, until they lost to – uh, New yeah. England and Dallas, they were in. They were in, surging. Well, I think they had the seventh seed in the NFC. So all these teams that the Jaguars are playing, they're four and six, four and five. They still feel like they're in it, which makes them a tough out because yeah. when you're motivated, you're hard to beat in this league. Well, and they're not as explosive as a lot of us are used to. I mean, the Julio Jones era is gone, obviously, and and you just heard DJ talk about how they've been unable to find some consistency. It sounds very familiar. Yeah. But like last week. They come in maybe not playing as well as they would like, 
uh, but with some incredible matchup issues. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Let's yeah, they're in. a better receiver core. Mm-hmm. This is not a, a uh, depleted – I mean, uh, this is not a incapable offense. Oh, no. Uh, not with Matt and Ryan. And Matt Ryan is not an incapable quarterback. So go ahead, Schling. I interrupted you. you. I'm, I'm sorry. It was a great thought. It was worth the Well, it was an okay thought. <laughs> All right, let's get into big things one. Big thing one is better. It's the goal of the season no matter how many games you win. Sometimes focusing on getting better week to week is all you can do. They're under man but can play better, and the quarterback didn't play as bad as people think. Actually, one of his better games. You know, uh, there was some surrounding cast that at times didn't do very well, but, you know, Trevor would be the first one to tell you when he doesn't play well. He played, in my mind, he played well. You know, good enough? No, not good enough, but... Uh, played well, made some great throws, uh, scrambled when he had to, made the right reads on some of you know. So we just got to, you know, we got to put it uh, together in uh, all areas, and, and we're not right now. Big thing, too, is bigger. Falcons will bring in receiving tight end Kyle Pitts and receiving running back Cordell Patterson. Matchups are everything, and the Falcons have some big ones this week. The defense is going to have to get back to the defense we saw two weeks ago. On defense, I commend our staff. I, I met with our staff many times, and we adjusted, adapted to our personnel, and we're playing better. You know, even yesterday, you know, there's had three sacks on that first drive, I believe, and two of them were negated because of penalty offside and a, a hold. Uh, but I like the way our defense, you know, when you say you give up that many points, you know, to me that was when you have a 20-play drive, you hold them to three points and had three sacks in that drive and extended by penalties. I consider that a win. But then we, 30 seconds later, the defense is back on the field. And then 30 seconds again later, they're back because of fumble. So everybody's got to hold up their end of the bargain. And big thing three is bounce back. It has been a long week and it is only Wednesday. Vibes not the greatest after a big loss at home last Sunday. This team has to play well, especially in front of their home fans this weekend against the Atlanta Falcons. Let's go back up to big thing one, which was Trevor Lawrence not playing as bad as the perspective is. I don't know how bad the perspective is because he doesn't have that that fumble in the last drive against the Colts. But, yeah, it was interesting to hear Coach Meyer say, chill out a little bit on the quarterback. Well, people see it, right? Yeah. I mean, he doesn't have a lot he's working with. This offense is one-dimensional as it gets. It's one-dimensional as you could imagine. And defenses are putting them in a box. I think we talked about it last week. It's, it's a red zone from one side of the field to the other. It's compressed on him. Um, so if you're looking for the big bomb pass down the field for the dramatic ESPN highlight touchdown, you're not going to get it. And if that's how you're judging his success, okay, he's not successful. Um, but if you're looking at the way that he manages an offense – Coach obviously thinks he's getting better. I'm not trying to be cute here, but what's the dimension? Mm. Well, you say there's one dimension. I'm not even sure there is a dimension. Well, there wasn't last (laughs) week, and there there hasn't been in the last two weeks. And that's the point is, you know, they were one-dimensional, and then James Robinson gets hurt, and that dimension even goes away. So I think that even speaks more to your point, Brian. There is not a lot for Trevor Lawrence to work with. I don't think it's insignificant at all that Urban Meyer said on Monday he played much better, or he said much, but he played better mm-hmm. against the uh, 49ers than he did the Colts. Urban has not gone that direction very often with Trevor. He has supported him, but he's not said, hey, he played a lot. When Trevor has played poorly, he said it. 
So I believe that. I believe they saw a lot of things they liked from Trevor. Mm -hmm. uh, I frankly went back and watched the game, and I didn't see where he played that poorly. He was 16-25. to 25. They only had like 30 plays. I'm exaggerating. They were down 17 nothing, and they'd only run four. And they had seven series. So it's hard to judge there. I thought he made good decisions. I thought he was smart the other day. I just think there wasn't a whole lot for him to work with the other day. I don't know that I felt that way against Indianapolis. Well, and look, this ties into number two, and that is the only way that this offense is going to get on track this year is if the defense helps them, and that is creating short fields, giving him extra possessions. We talked last week. The average team has between 9 and 11 possessions per game. They got seven, right? This team needs 14. Yeah, you I mean, need some extra help. Yeah, there. it needs all the help it can get, and the defense didn't help last week. And by the way, mm -hmm. expect to see that, uh, that sweep out of the backfield uh, with Cordell Patterson this week because to my astonishment, I thought the Jaguars, who really clamped down, did a tremendous job on Jonathan Taylor. The Bills didn't do as good a job on Jonathan Taylor mm -hmm. last week. The Jaguars really took him away after that powerful first quarter, and they couldn't stop Debo, Sam Debo Samuel, wide receiver, and yet they couldn't because the Jaguars weren't very strong on run support in the corners. The corners didn't hold up. Mm -hmm. So expect to see Cordell Patterson, who's bigger and more powerful than Debo Samuel, doing the exact same play until they prove they can stop it. Yeah, Cordell Patterson's a 30-year-old guy who, who's had a real renaissance. Uh, Arthur Smith has done a great job of getting the most out of him. I it, it's not quite sure as of, I think, Monday when I talked to somebody that if he's going to play. They're hopeful that he'll play. Uh, they are a dramatically different offense with him in the game than without. So that's something to watch. This no, week. without him, then you just everybody stop the big guy, right? <laughs> you go, where's Kyle Pitts? Okay. Yep. Cordell Patterson, if he is on the field, expect to see him attack just like Samuel. And hopefully the Jaguars, as injured as they are at corner right now, right. have somebody who can step up. Yeah, I was just going to say that questionable about Tyson Campbell, Shaquille Griffin, and concussion protocol. So we'll see what happens. But you need those guys on yeah. the field this week you for do. sure. And that is big things when we come back on the Jaguars Digital Network, some this or that. Jag Drive Time is presented in part by DreamFinders Homes, homes that fit your lifestyle, and Baptist Health. Changing healthcare for good. Price.com is the easiest way to save money with comparison shopping, cashback, cashback coupons all in one. It's free. Try Price.com today. This or that. This or that. We're back, Jaguars Drive Time on a Wednesday. It is time for some of this or that. Brian Sexton, what do you got? Well, so Sunday was that slap in the face where you realized, you know, I am uncompetitive at key positions and I need premium players. Um, I'll use the, the Bengals as the example here. The question is, you know, do you want to win as many of the seven as you can this year or do you want to play well and put yourself in a position to, you know, the close loss to be in a position to grab the top pick? Um, the reason I ask is you look at you look at the Bengals, right? They're four eleven and one in Joe Burrow's first year, so they're the fourth pick of the draft. They get Jamar Chase, and this year he's made a tremendous difference. Mm -hmm. uh, they are six and four, and in the first wild card slot, right? Um, well, I guess it's not the first anymore the way they changed it, but they're they're sitting in the wild card. They're yeah. in the middle of they it all. They're in the conversation. You yeah. need that in the worst way. 
Um, so what is your mindset? And I'll tell you, you know, last year I was all in on the close losses, which they gave them in November. They played, remember the games in Minnesota yeah. and against the Browns and the Texans. This year it's about winning, right? I, you can find players. Uh, you have to dig and mine a little bit. It's not as easy. Um, but this is about winning over the final seven weeks. They need to beat the Falcons, the Texans, the Jets. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they, these are games that they should be able to win at least – you thought so before the injury bug hit. Yeah. Um, I win. I mean, I, five wins matters this year, whereas last year it wouldn't matter at all. It would have hurt you. Five wins this year helps you because you're building. I agree. And uh, I may wind up by taking back my words in, uh, in April in the offseason. But my understanding from the little look ahead I've done with the draft is there's not really a Jamar Chase type receiver that it is a, a, a deep receiver core, maybe not that guy. Uh, so, frankly, finishing with the third overall pick compared to finishing with the eighth overall pick uh, may not be as dramatic a difference, certainly, as it was last year. I agree with you. This program, these players, uh, we need next September for winning not to feel weird to these guys. Yeah. I don't know how huge a deal that is, but it feels like it's a bigger deal than maybe three spots in the draft this year. Yeah, it's just totally different if you're in the quarterback conversation, then this is a totally different conversation. You don't have that position of need. So, yeah, win games. Win two more. It matters right now. You Absolutely. Bet. John, what do you have? I have uh, – and I don't know that I, I'm, I'm torn on this either way, but Matt Ryan is or is not a future Hall of Famer. And I get when you first say that, I think a lot of people are like, ah, it can't be Hall of Fame, you know. I, I know Schlin's over there using that voice. Um, but if you look at his numbers and if you look at how he'll be judged after retirement, he is currently, I think it's ninth on the all-time touchdown list. Uh, every player ahead of him is either in the Hall of Fame or going to the Hall of Fame. You could debate Eli Manning. I think Eli will wind up in the I Hall of Fame. Too. But even if he doesn't, he's four behind Eli. It, I think Matt Ryan's going to play two or three more years, so he's going to be up on that list. I don't know that he is, but I think the conversation – I guess my point with this is he is a much better quarterback now that I think people are giving credit for because I agree with DJ. The offensive line, my understanding, has really let him down this year. But I think he's a better all-time quarterback, maybe playing in Atlanta, only making one Super Bowl. He has five Pro Bowls, an MVP, uh, and, and it's played in the Super Bowl. It'll be a debate when he retires. I'll let other people deal with the stats um... – uh, you know, you don't need a Super Bowl win to be a Hall of Famer. Dan Marino is the perfect example of that. He put up amazing numbers. Um, a wise man once said the Hall of Fame is about being famous. Were you in big games? Did you have big moments on the football field? Mm -hmm. Did you were play you, on Thanksgiving? Were you a player yeah. of significance? Look, if Eli Manning <laughs> – I, I would say if you had to choose between the two, I'd take Eli Manning. I mean, sure. Right? Two Super Bowl wins, and they were dramatic over the Patriots. Made throws you'll always remember. Yeah. Yep. Um, but I think when you talk about Matt Ryan – his career was a little – he kind of sailed under the radar in, in some ways because there were star players and it wasn't always about him. But I'm with John. I think he belongs deep into the conversation. and um, It's a much more interesting discussion than I very. think people would think until they get into it. Right. And the problem for him is people are going to remember that Super Bowl lost up 28-3 yeah. and he doesn't capitalize. If he has that Super Bowl – no question. John and didn't even ask the question. If you, it, it, it's amazing. If, if you look at his numbers and his overall play in that Super Bowl, uh, he probably should have won them. To get, like He played well enough to have won. 
Oh. I'll go and get that call. All I right. love hearing from Spam. He's he, he's my buddy. Um, <laughs> he would have had a chance, uh, much better chance, had that game gone the other way. But he really didn't do anything to lose the game. But that's why. I mean, that's how this thing works. So I don't think he'll get in. But it's an interesting conversation, more interesting than I thought when mm-hmm. I actually chose this so yeah and I think it is interesting when you talk about the age difference because me being 26 I know Matt Ryan I watched that Super Bowl and I watched him growing up I would worry that someone younger than me especially when you have the Patrick Mahomes there is nobody younger than you yes there is there's plenty (laughs) of people younger than me that watch football and might not remember the Matt Ryan that you guys are talking about and maybe that's something that hurts him maybe doesn't matter at all well you know as we have found out with Tony Baselli it it, it depends on who's in your you know in that class on that list at times um, because Alan Fanica played on more high-profile playoff teams than Tony Baselli did. Even though I think Tony Baselli was a superior football player, voters remember, remember the Hall of Fame. It's about big players making big memories mm-hmm. that people recall. Mm-hmm. I like it. All right, mind this or that is corner or safety or both. What covers Kyle Pitts? And I'm mentioning this because yesterday in his press conference, Coach Meyer alluded that they might have to do both, have a corner and a safety over the top to cover a guy that Kyle Pitts, he wanted in the draft, and he was really honest about. So we'll ask defensive coordinator Joe Collin this today, but I don't think you have an option, Brian. I think you have to do both. Well, and and depending, look, if Cordell Patterson isn't healthy enough to be himself, then you're probably going to have a linebacker who's available to help you. Yeah. Uh, So at times you may see a linebacker in a safety or uh, safety in a corner they'll there will be different players over the top of this making sure that they've got their eyes on where he's at um, but it won't be a corner or safety alone you'll see other guys too well no question and I kind of laughed at Urban's answer when I, somebody asked him what do you like what makes Kyle Pitts good and listed a couple of things and Urban said yes <laughs> and and look Let's not turn this into a thing. There was no way they were getting up from 25 oh, no to take chance. Kyle Pitts. That wasn't going to be Unrealistic. a thing last year. Yeah. Give your whole draft up for it. Well, I don't think you could have. Yeah. I mean, there wasn't enough that you could give up to go get him. So, uh, would they have liked to? Sure. I, I don't think he's a guy that you automatically defend. I think, I think you bracket, you take as much away, and you hope he doesn't wreck the game. But he's going to get his yards. Yes, he will. It's going to be a mass- Mitch Matt. Why can I say mismatch? Miss to be one of those things. Match issue, one of those things yeah. here on in Jacksonville on Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons. When we come back on Jaguars Drive Time, some Monday's headlines today. Jaguars Game Day Radio is brought to you by Visar Credit Union. Do good, bank better. A Wednesday show, but no show tomorrow due to a very happy Thanksgiving. So we are doing Monday's headlines today. Yeah, and you just hit me with that one. I did. Uh, so Put you to, on the spot. to stay with the Thanksgiving theme, and I'm not. I'm look. I'm not confident in this at all. Oh. Um, I thought that these were two games the Jaguars would have a chance to win, and based on last week, now I'm, I'm 180 degrees opposite. But I'll go with home cooking to play off of the Thanksgiving. Yeah. And say that the Jaguars win something. You know. 17-14, you know, even though they haven't scored 17 points. When was the last time they scored 17? Um, a couple weeks ago in Indy. So, yeah, you just don't know how they're going to get their points, but maybe the defense scores. I, ex- I expect the defense to rebound. I-, I expect to see Josh Allen 
um, have a have a big game. So I'll say home cooking. Um, I was going to go with this is the pits, okay, the Kyle Pitts. Yeah, I like uh, that. But I don't, I, I don't even know what that means. Um, so I do. I, I do, and I think Jaguars fans do too. I've got to go with, oh, no. Because, oh. well, I think the defense will play well. Um, but, you know, I don't want this to happen, but they've scored 11 points. Yeah. I mean, they've averaged 11 points a game in their last four games. Uh, I don't know where the offense comes from to get significantly better than that. And I think although the Falcons have struggled, they are a more potent offense than the Jaguars. I think they'll score enough to win. So, oh, no, Schlein. They have players that are mismatches. The Jaguars do not. Yeah. Home cooking. Oh, no. And just enough. The Jaguars will do just enough to win at home. I don't know when the next win will come, but it'll be this week. I think the defense rebounds. I don't think the offense scores enough points. They're going to need some turnovers, maybe a pick six. Something is going to have to happen to make this work, but it will work just okay. enough. Just enough. I, I, I like y'all's better than I like mine. Bad job. Well, let's be honest. You were trying to get, oh, sure. Oh, no. Yeah, oh, we see what you were doing. Into the headline. We get it. Shameless self-promotion is not beneath you, my friend. Nope, oh, it's, absolutely it's, not. It's right there. <laughs> that is Jaguars Drive Time on a Wednesday. Stay with us all week long on Jaguars.com for your game day coverage. We hope you all have a wonderful Thanksgiving. We will see you right back here Monday morning on Jaguars Drive Time. <laughs>